never leave before New Year's Eve. Have a holly jolly Christmas. XOXO. Gossip Girl. So, Brie. Yeah? What was your AIM screen name? I'm pretty sure it was Butterfinger Baby. Any numbers? Maybe 93. Everything's always 93 with me. I don't know. How about you? What was your screen name? I don't remember. I Oh, oh my gosh. I think... So I had a couple. <laughs> the ones that what? <laughs> I think... No, go ahead. The ones I remember were like... Oh, was it Bubblegum Princess or something? Like 23? Yeah. Or I was friends with you. Ice Princess. Oh. 23 or like one two three or something because mm-hmm. i remember like watching the movie ice princess with michelle trachenberg and being like i want to be a figure skater mm. and then realizing that at 10 years old you're already like 100 years old in ice skating time yeah so you can't <laughs> you gave up you bought your yeah. skates and threw them away on the same day pretty much that's sad. um i don't know I feel like they were so iconic, but I was never one of those people to have, like, do you remember the X in front of it in ending? It'd be like X, late to the party, X. No. I don't like the, I don't know why it bothers me, but I I feel like it's scary. (laughs) It's too hardcore. It's too hardcore. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just slit your wrist. It scares me. (laughs) They're just so hardcore. I can't really... I guess I'm not that hardcore. I don't know. Some, like, Evanescent song is your away message. Yeah. Uh, do you remember away messages really letting people know how you, like, felt? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, like, leaving to contemplate life right now. Or it could be funny. A lot of people, like... What I loved about AOL Instant Messenger was, like, you could have funny away messages and just fun- like you could put your personality into it. Like you had all these like, I guess it'd be the equivalent of emojis, but I feel like they were called something else. Like, I know what you mean. Do you remember that dancing banana? Like, yes. GIF of sorts. Yeah. There were so many fun little characters that you could use and you could put them in your away message or in your, you know, just, I don't know. Just maybe, I don't know, in your chats. I don't know what I'm calling. Sorry, I'm thinking about the dancing banana. <laughs> he's just like uh, he's taking uh, over my uh, thoughts. Uh. He's like, um, like we were just watching that video of Jim Carrey with Fifty, 50 Cent yeah. in the club, where he's just like thrashing his head. Yeah, that's how the banana should have been, right? He just he needed a little more motivation. He, was, I don't know. I wonder what he was listening to when he was dancing. Like, anyway, this just some MCR, just yeah. Helena, just throwing it back. Yeah. I can tell that we were very different <laughs> sides of like the web 2.0 internet. Yeah, I think so. Like, you're like hardcore. Funny yeah, <laughs> like funny. You're like evanescence. I was so emo. My away messages were always like death cab lyrics, and um, I didn't really even know what they meant. <laughs> I don't so. remember what mine were. It's probably something stupid, like "I'll be back later" or like "I can't make it to the to the computer right now." <laughs> I don't know. You're like Fergie for life. You're like my humps. <laughs> my humps. That's probably it. Like my way message was just my humps. Period. No content. Like that's it. Real ones now. Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Well, I think Shop Girl is a pretty epic. Not epic. And now I'm talking like I'm in 2006. Now that we're talking about AIM. 
Like, who am I? I'm like, that's epic. <clears throat> in all caps? All caps. Um, The squiggle and the asterisk. Epic. Ooh. Asterisk squiggle. Nice. Um, shop girl's a very good screen name. It sounds cool. It's For some reason, it makes me think of a car shop. Like, shop girl. You know Ooh, what I like mean? like you're in Tokyo Drift. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or like Devin Aoki's character in Fast and Furious would be shop girl. Yeah. Like if someone started talking to me and they were called Shop Girl, I'd be like, ooh, she's working on cars? Like with flames on them. Shop Girl. I don't know. Not Meg Ryan. Look at her shop around the corner. No. <laughs> what was Joe's? Like oh, yeah. What was New his? York 247 or something? Something like that. It was kind of generic, right? It was. Now I can't find it. I don't even know if I put it in my notes. I was so <laughs> bored by it. Forgettable. He was the dude. On AIM, that would be like something one, two, three. Like Ryan, one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> Lame. Lame. But, anyways, hi, I'm Nikki Jensen. And I'm Brie Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the Party, a film, fashion, and pop culture podcast from two best friends still in 2002. Mentally. Men- mentally, yeah. <laughs> that- <laughs> It's just a figure of speech. We don't really think we're in 2002. Uh, I mean, sometimes we some, do. I don't know. That's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we're two best friends still in uh, mentally still on AIM. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But today we're discussing the 2000. Nope. Scratch that. The 1998 Nora Ephron joint. You've got mail. Starring America's Sweethearts, Meg Ryan, and Tom Hanks. T. Hanks. T. Hanks, if you will. If you're nasty. Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Forrest from Forrest Gump. Dad and Bree's mind. <laughs> Bree's daddy. Tom Hanks. <laughs> if I had one. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Oh, boy. Um. No, I just feel like he has that figure. Like, he just seems, like, wise, yeah. like... I don't know. Like, he's a good dad. Like, he has a good, like, a healthy temper, but also, like, be your daddy. <laughs> no, I mean, no, not like that, though. Um, <laughs> He's, like, yeah, he just is dad. Yeah. Dad vibes. That's all. That's why people say vibes. Yeah. Though, in this movie, he does kind of have daddy vibes because <laughs> of, like, Parker Posey. I don't know. I get those vibes between the two of them. Because he wears turtlenecks? Yeah, he wears turtlenecks. And I think there's an age gap, right? Or she just looks super young. I feel like there's an age gap. Yeah. She's kind of like a little bratty. I don't know. This is just daddy. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think Parker Posey's character has daddy issues? You know, she might. I think she just has some some kind of issues. She just seems really impatient. I don't know. Maybe she's just... When she gets out of this elevator, she's going to laser her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Where are my Tic Tacs? Exactly. I don't know. Her priorities just aren't right. She needs to calm down is what I think. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes I feel like Parker Post's character, though. I'm not going to lie. True. But. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Um, besides relating to Parker Posey. <laughs> so yeah, you've got mail. It's, you know, directed by Nora Ephron. Yes. It was released on December 18th, 1998, and it tells the story of two people in an online romance who are unaware they're also business rivals. 
And for me, this is like a quintessent. Like, if you're an alien that comes to Earth and you're like, romantic comedies? What the hell is this? You've Got Mail is definitely one I would be like, you have to watch this to understand the modern day rom-com. Probably number one to understand it, I think. Yeah. Not like Runaway Bride. (laughs) I would say this and My Best Friend's Wedding are two movies that um, define the genre. I would agree with that statement. This one, though, I feel like I feel like this movie, it's like the ending is so satisfying. Like, speaking of Nora Ephron, like at the time, her, like she's been credited as like bringing back the rom com and making it like better, kind of bringing back that happy ending kind of situation and changing the game for rom coms. And I think that's awesome. I agree. I think every time I watch a Nora Ephron, movie or something you know she's at least directed or written mostly written just her voice is so distinct and i feel like you've got mail is only you've got mail because of the performances and because of the writing of nora efron mm. it's just something nora efron kind of like a nancy myers has very personal touches and she has a very distinct voice yes and i think this is one of those movies that it's just, a, it's like a marriage. It's like a lot of good things. It's a lot of good things. It's like the 90s. It's like New York. New York, yeah. New York in the fall. Oh. Um, yeah. Autumn yeah. in New York. Yes. Um, minus, what is it, Richard Gere and Winona Ryder? Oh, yeah. I still have not seen that movie, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm still curious. I think he's wearing a turtleneck in that. I think they both are. I don't know. Well, we have a lot to talk about turtleneck-wise with this film, so <laughs> yeah, put a pin in that. Um, but what was I saying? I just think that like everything just perfectly falls into place. Mm. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's like one of those things too, where it's like, oh, is it my favorite rom com? No, but I really respect it. Same. I mean, I remember it back in the day because I remember seeing this when it came out and I've seen it a couple times, but I haven't seen it recently. Like it's been years and you know how your mind, I feel like my mind always rewrites things, but it's hard like now that we've come so far with technology to kind of capture that feeling of excitement that you get when you get an email, an AOL, like instant message, like anything like that. Like it's hard to capture that feeling unless you have lived it really. Cause like we, everything's so instant nowadays. We have text messaging. Like that's the best way to get a hold of people. Sure. I'm sure there's like chat rooms and stuff still, but people don't, you don't like wait with anticipation like that anymore. Like I don't, I don't know. Cause there's also apps on your phone. Like people probably talk on Facebook. It's just, you know what I mean? It's so because through the most of this movie, they're just sending like emails, right? Or yeah, messages, or like messages. Yeah. yeah, and it's like through AOL through AOL, and then there's a certain point where it's like instant messaging. They're both online at the same time, which is an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. But like now, it's like we're so we're we're made to feel so available to like everyone. Twenty, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to like. I don't know. It was just such a different time where it would be exciting when you're like, oh, my God, my friend's on here, too, or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it captures that kind of, like... It does. Well, I would say it, it also captures, like, if you're talking to a new love interest, mm-hmm. 
even via text or via whatever, like Bumble or anything like that. Like oh, Tinder. Yeah. Like that anticipation, this movie articulates very well. And I would say is very ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Like I, I did mild research. And in 1998, the internet, this movie doesn't feel like as dated as it could be for being in 1998. Like, that's for sure. I feel like Nora Ephron, for being, like, a middle-aged woman during that time, for one, but also she just captures – she captures that anticipation very well. And it's a little it's a little forward with all the, the internet chat room stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not, like, something that we can – or I can remember because I'm so young. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like AOL and like that whole thing of chat rooms. Yeah. It's not. It's not as like known. Like it wasn't people in like '95 weren't, from my understanding, broadcasting that they were on chat rooms. Mm-hmm. It was not like CD, but it was like a little bit of a secret. Yeah. Like people met, but I don't know. This was like. Kind of kick things off, like or like it foresaw this being a a thing. Yeah, and now we're still like a lot of these things are. You're right. Are relatable. I didn't think about it like the modern. I guess the modern version would be like a Bumble or whatever, or like Christian (laughs) Dingle. I don't know. Or J Date. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's still it's very similar. It's just our computers are a lot less chunky. I would just give anything for one of those old school Macs. Right? Or do you remember like those gateway computers that were always like- With the cow patterns? Yeah. Or like um, the ones with the back. Maybe those were the Apple ones. The clear back. Oh. Like with like the clear but orange or clear but blue. I remember yeah. seeing those like as prizes on Double Dare 2000 and I was like, oh, that's what I want when I'm older and I still want it. Is it like, like the L Woods like in her? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I- yeah, honestly, computers now are kind of boring. Like they're nice, they're sleek, they're simple, but their their personality like it's not as fun. Like I'm sure those other computers were really heavy, but they looked so cool and futuristic. Like I remember being like, "Ooh, that's the future!" Like, and now it's like you can't get a computer like that. It's not gonna like you can't run anything on there really. No. Well, I remember. I remember I had a friend in college who had like a old school iMac. Yeah. And, like, she couldn't do anything on it except use the notes. Uh-huh. But just she would, like, sit and take notes on that. And I used to think that was so rad. That is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, uh. But, yeah. Well, speaking of what technology was like back in 1998. Yeah. Do you want to take a trip to 1998? Always. Hey, that's the year we met. That is the year we met. So, uh, what else? I don't know. It was just a good year. The Parent Trap came out. Yeah. Oh, do you think that has something to do with it? Like, do 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 do. I think that's odd timing, Nick. That we met, and I'm I'm like, am I Hallie or are you Ann? Are you Annie? I think you're from across the pond, right? Annie. Is that Annie? Yeah. Just she's a little more proper. That's true. I don't know. I'm yeah. just guessing. I'm Annie. You're Hallie. It's just the way it feels. I don't know. 
You give me Dennis Quaid vibes, so maybe. I do? I don't know. That's a daddy. Dennis Quaid, if Tom Hanks is your daddy, like, oh. Dennis Quaid is my daddy. Okay. I want my fictitious, you know, celebrity dad to be a little conservative, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Not hating. Yeah. I want my daddy to, like, <laughs> cheat on his wife or something. I don't know. I don't mean to slander Dennis Quaid. Anyways, <laughs> let's take a trip to 1998. Going back in time music. Um, speaking of going back in time, I saw a hot tub time machine recently (gasps) without me. (laughs) (laughs) It was not. I've never seen it before. It was not like I expected. Is it not epic with the squiggle and the asterisk and all caps? I think so. It is. No, it's not. It's not that great. But like, it has John Cusack in it. John or Joan? John. <laughs> Not Joan. Joan would have made it Aww. a 9 out of 10. Dang. Joan Cusack should have been in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> hot take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 1998 was the year of Shakespeare in Love yeah. and Saving Private Ryan. Wait, why did you tell me about Hot Tub Time Machine? Oh, because of the... I feel like every time I'm like... I feel like I say, let's take a trip back oh. and the, like like the music in my head plays i feel like you're taking the hot tub time yeah. machine okay a little bit mentally. i understand yeah sorry, sorry. that was a little <laughs> i didn't explain myself <laughs> no i understand where you're coming from but yeah so armageddon was the number one grossing film um and yeah it, it was just uh it was a pretty nifty year no i i really like a lot of movies from 1998 i feel like it's a very good year that gets overshadowed by 1999 a lot it does yeah no i agree but but yeah i'm a shakespeare and love apologist and i love saving private ryan same i know we watched those um movies for that episode we did on the oscars Mm -hmm. and i was really surprised with the like i don't know i was really into like i th- I thought saving private ryan was a really good movie shakespeare in love was all right i, I enjoyed it um i loved both and saving private ryan changed my life like i feel like it touched me on a level and yeah i'm so surprised and we watched life is beautiful oh yeah and elizabeth we watched so many i'm gonna do that all over again me too like so many good this is the year though 1998 where all the Oscar nominated movies mm. slept. Like especially they were especially a bug's life. Especially that. Oh, but ants? No, yeah. Ants are a bug's life, Nick. Ooh. But okay, but ants is Woody Allen, and that feels wrong. But I would say ants. <laughs> because- <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> If liking ants is wrong, I don't want to be right. Um, I want to take away. I want to separate the artist from the art, <laughs> yeah. you know, and say ants. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually watched that movie recently, and it actually holds up. Ants are a bug's life. <laughs> Gosh, you, ask, you expect me to answer that hard question as well. Um, honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen a bug's life in a long time. But when I did watch Ants, it held up. So I'm leaning towards Ants. They're so similar, though. Yeah. They're ridiculously similar. Yeah. This was the year, though, because 
<gasps> Deep Impact came out and Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen Armageddon. But I hear Deep Impact is good. And did you notice when they went to the movies and you've got mail, there's a poster for Deep Impact? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. I mean, not, oh, no. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Blade came out this year. Best opening sequence with, like, the blood bath. Have you seen Blade? I have not seen Blade. Blade is good. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it now. I it's- love a good blood bath in the beginning. <laughs> okay, they're, like, okay, picture Wesley Snipes dressed like Neo from The Matrix. Oh. As a vampire. Oh, he's always a vampire? And, like, <gasps> picture, like, a bunch of, like, vampires in a nightclub where everything. Wait is, like, a minute. N- n- have I seen this? Yes, you have. This sounds very familiar. Did we watch it together? Yeah, How have I seen we did. this? I, we watched it together. <laughs> when? What were we doing? I don't know. I just wanted to go along with the bit that you've never watched it because <laughs> you seem like you haven't, but we definitely watched it together. Yeah, when you said, like, nightclub and vampires, I mean, when you said Wesley Snipes, I was like, I feel like I, I can see him. I just see him right there. Yes. Yeah. Which promises is my last tangent, but Blade, the opening <laughs> sequence, yeah. would be way better if in the nightclub they were playing Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim. That would be amazing. Anyways, I also think in Pulp Fiction, you know when they do the twists? Yeah. Rockefeller Skank by <laughs> Fatboy Slim, I think that should have been in there. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I think at the end of this movie, when she's like, I always... I always hoped it would be you. Right about now. Funk soul. Yeah, anyways. That would have been the perfect like ending scene. Yeah. Well, Nick, if you ever get a career in um like the Oh, what is it called? The um disc discography, the disc jockey of the movies. I don't know. What are they called? Sound design? Yeah. I don't know. Just put in Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. Every scene. We'll Every do. movie, just sneak it in there. Dude. Well, speaking of A Bug's Life in 1998 movies. Yeah. Um, this movie, You've Got Mail, it was number one at the box office opening weekend. Woo-hoo! It's a rom-com. That's amazing. That doesn't happen a lot. Just saying. That would never, 2022 could never. No. It's so sad. We just like, don't care about the rom-coms like we used to. No. Pour out some pilk for for that, you know? But, but yeah, this movie beat out The Prince of Egypt, which placed second with $14.5 million. And then following that was A Bug's Life, Star Trek Insurrection, Jack Frost. Oh, my God. Is that the one with, um, what's his name? It's, it's like he's the dad. Is Billy Crystal? No. no. Oh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> The dad who's also the snowman. Yeah, it's Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. That movie is so emotional. <laughs> what a time. It's kind of creepy. Scary. Horrifying. Oh, my God. Remember being a kid and going to the blockbuster and thinking you're picking up Jack Frost with Michael Keaton and then picking up the horror movie Jack Frost? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that. But in my mind, the, with the one with Michael Keaton is a bit of a horror movie. It also is very scary. Yeah. It's like your dad turns into a snowman. I mean, it's stressful. I don't know. I It stressed <laughs> me out. Same. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, uh, Enemy of State. The Water Boy. Ooh. Some Poppy Boucher. The Rugrats movie. Psycho, the Psycho remake with Vince Vaughn. 
Uh, and then Elizabeth. With Vince Vaughn? Mm-hmm. It's a shot-for-shot remake of is, Psycho. Is he the murderer? He's Bates. No way. Wait a second. Hold everything. 100%. I have got to add this to watch later. I cannot believe this. I am shook. I mean, I believe you. I'm just adding this to my notes. We can move on. I'm just But yeah, like- out of those movies, if... Okay, I was probably seeing The Prince of Egypt or A Bug's Life. Or I was seeing the Rugrats movie. Yeah, I definitely saw the Rugrats movie. That, I, okay, I remember <laughs> that VHS because it had the Nickelodeon orange casing and it was just TLC or like was it T-Boz did a song. Maybe that was for the second one, but I remember that. Yeah. No, the Rugrats movie slapped. I don't know. I don't know. When you're a kid, that's I don't know. I just remember it being, like, really epic at the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Rugrats was big. I feel like I've overused the word epic, but... I know. (laughs) It's because, like, we're channeling AIM, our AIM selves. Yeah. We literally went back in time. Yeah, baller. Baller. Remember, everything was baller? It was. Um, What was I going to say? No, I mean, my mind was other places and you've got mail. But I really wish that I was my age now mm-hmm. just to be there at that time. Where, like, it seems like anything was possible in 1998. Is I that really, so weird? No. I, if I did have a time machine or a hot tub time machine, I would totally go back to 98, see what it's like, you know? Really experience it. Because as a kid, I think you take it for granted. You're just living. You're not – you're observing, but you're you're in your kid world. You know, you're in your bubble your priority you're not you're thinking about technology but not like that like you know why i I'm sorry i just had like a a flush do you know probably why i love the year 1998 so much why well i think for one it's like the first year where i could have memories mm. like actual memories like i was four yeah that's you know, like, people say you have memories at three, but I I think you only have, like, slivers of memories. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the year where it's, like, oh, I remember this year. Yeah. And I also was so young but so into movies. I was, like, obsessed with with all that, mm-hmm. uh, which is very young, I, I, I'm aware. But, like... I feel like 98 is that year, like, in my mind. Yeah. I feel that, too. I remember a lot of movies from that time that I saw. And it was an event. Like, I feel like 1998, 1999. Do you remember movies, like, being, like, going to the movies a lot slash the marketing for movies? Yeah. Like, it'd be a family thing, too. Like, the whole family would just go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And even if some of you would see, like... Miss Congeniality versus some of you would see the Rugrats movie or some of you would see You Got Mail and some would see The Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Like, there was everything for everyone. And, like, counter-programming movie-wise... Oh, yeah. ...was, like, a thing. But people were just going to the movies more, and I, I miss that. Yeah. I don't want to get too depressing, but <laughs> it's sad sometimes going to the movies. Like, I don't know. I don't want to blame it all in 2020. I don't know if I can. I think part of it, def- like a big part is 
But I don't know if it's like because it changed the way movies are released and things like that and how they just go straight to streaming services like Marvel, <clears throat> Marvel. It kind of sucks because like every time I go to the movies lately, it's like it's it's you know what I mean? I miss going to the movies with a full theater or like almost like half full or something. You know what I mean? Like more than just like two other people, if that. And it's like awkward and it's like sometimes it's cool to be the only one there, but like. You know, if it's on, like, a Friday or Saturday, no. like, on a weekend when you think it's going to be busy, it's, like, kind of a letdown. And then you're like, wait, I could have watched this at home for free if you, you know, or subscribe to one of the services. You get kind of like, what? But I always think, like, the theater, like, movie theaters are so, like, there's something about that immersive experience and then a the shared kind of experience that I think is really beautiful. And I feel like we should appreciate cinema a lot more and just, like, go to the movies, like, get our booties out of the house and go to the movies i don't Amen. know no i fully agree like i am pro movie theater yeah um but yeah i miss going to see bad movies like i think at you know at the movies oh uh-huh. i think the times we're in you know like you said the 2020 of it all but also the streaming Mm-hmm. Just everything. I think that's a factor. I think Marvel movies. Because now in order to make money, you have to think about the global box office. <laughs> and you have to think about, like, because the Marvel movies were such a huge moneymaker, the barometer for quote-unquote success in that sense is, like, you have to make so much money uh-huh. in order to be worth it. Um, you know, messed up. Yeah, it's really messed up. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope it switches. I don't know. That's kind of why I like to stay in that 1998 2002 bubble because, like, I don't know. I, I know they're quote unquote bombs, but like, I miss a day, an age where you could watch The Master of Disguise (laughs) in the movie theater and it not be like afterwards you'd be like tweeting dana carvey being like fuck you i could have watched this on netflix yeah you know you're right yeah anyway back to you've got mail (laughs) which dana carvey is not in but dave Chappelle is yes like i totally didn't realize like he's there right at the beginning too Mm -hmm. and i love that like i love dave Chappelle. he's like he's tom hanks's best friend his confidant Oh, just odd. Okay. In what world are Joe Fox and Dave Chappelle, whoever his character's name is, like, how are they so tight? Why are they so tight? What do they have in common? Books. Big dreams. Construction. I don't know. They got big dreams. Management. I don't know. Um. Because I forget, like, he's kind of overseeing the project, I guess. I don't really know. That's the pillars of friendship. Yeah. Right there. Overseeing projects for each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know But either. I do think it's really funny that Dave Chappelle started the year with Half-Baked. Uh-huh. And that was not a success. That didn't really do well. And it's like a stoner movie. Oh, okay. That and makes then sense. he ends the year with You've Got Mail. He's multifaceted. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He just Dude, I loved I loved him in A Star is Born. I think he's so cute in it. Wait, Dave Chappelle's in A Star is Born? Yeah, he plays like what's his name? Pebbles? 
Pee-wee? <laughs> He's a Bradley Cooper's friend. Again, another random white dude's BFF. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie, too. Add it to the list. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got mail, got three out of four stars by Roger Ebert. Um, he lauded the immensely lovable main characters. And a review that I thought was really interesting was Janet Maslin of the New York Times also praised the film. And she said that Miss Ryan plays her role blithely incredibly this time with an air of freshness a minimum of cute fidgeting and a lot of fun chemistry with mr hanks and he continues to amaze once again he fully inhabits a new role without any obvious actorly behavior to the point where comparisons to james stewart really cannot be avoided which i know this movie is based on the shop around the corner yeah with jimmy stewart right but yes, this movie, and I, it is definitely because of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, but I also credit Nora Ephron to this world building. For sure. It is so, like, 1940s, like, His Girl Friday, like a James Stewart movie. It, it just, it, it really evoked that for me. Mm. Like, it's, it's like a n- new classic type of feel. Okay, It yeah. just seems like a James Stewart movie. From the 40s. I'm not sure if I've seen any James Stewart movies from the 40s, surprisingly. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, yeah. I've seen that one. But that <laughs> Philadelphia story? Mm-mm. You'd like it. Have you seen His Girl Friday? No. That's not Jimmy Stewart, but it's really good. Yeah. I mean, if it's a classic, I should. I don't know. I love the 40s. I love, you know, I love that time. But I feel like sometimes, like, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are like, say, toots. <laughs> yeah and what you say <laughs> i'm a lady you know uh-huh no i i get what you're saying there's like a little back and forth little thing between the two a little conflict which is cool i feel like like the james stewart comparisons are like wow mm. i don't know that's like top praise to me because i feel like jimmy stewart is really revered yeah no he is i love him yeah so, Nick, they had a website as well, mm-hmm. and it was live until 2018. Have you gone to web archives to see the you got mail to, website? I, no, I I just saw that, so I'm like, I need to go because that's right. I love that the archives exist. I kind of the only downside about the archives is they're literally just pictures. You can't interact. Mm-mm. You can't scroll through the website and pretend like that's the only thing is like I wish it was like a simulation like for real like you could just I agree you know get that feeling like click on the links and get taken places and I don't know but it's still cool it is I mean like talk about a hot tub time machine like the you've got mail website was it it was the time capsule of the internet in ninety eight mm. um. It, I don't know. I really love that like clunky web design too. Sometimes New Roman yeah. gets me all uh, sauced up, you know? But yeah, like definitely check it out. Yeah, I will. I'll just pretend. I've done that with like other websites just to feel something like look at the old Google design and old Neopets. Oh my God, Neopets. Is that gone now? <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> oh. But yeah, like you've got mail really like Speaking of, like, old-timey, mm-hmm. even though 
It's like old timey now. Yeah. Because it was from the 90s. But even in the 90s, like the soundtrack is really reminiscent of like, it's like the 1950s music or like six, like whatever the like Rock and Robin. Yeah. I noticed that. Uh, I wrote down Rock and Robin, our favorite song. <laughs> but I think it works. I think when Joe Fox takes his brother and aunt. Yeah. Out. I don't know. It works oddly. I hate to say it, but it does. It works. It. Yeah. It's very charming to have like the old school needle drops. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of songs like that where it's just like, um, man, what is that other song? Well, the first song that I don't know what the song is that is at the very beginning, but it's something about taking his puppy everywhere. But it's like, <laughs> but it sounds like old timey. Like, um, oh. Oh, the splish splash! I was taken. Oh back. yeah, it's like um, yeah, like kind of fifties. It like oddly works. It does. It's it's like the energy in those songs. Like I felt a little on the fence about the soundtrack, to be honest, because I'm like I don't know, but then I'm like I kind of like it in a way. It's like quirky. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't always quite fit the scene. Like you know, but it's um. I kind of love when movies have this kind of like, like it makes it feel a little bit larger than life, if that makes sense. Because the movie itself, if you took out those songs, it's a little more like, it might be a little more mundane. Yeah, like if you insert Dido, I think it doesn't, it takes away this timeless factor than if you're playing with timelines. Mm-hmm. Like I think older music... But then also they they like play the cranberries dreams in the beginning when yes. Meg Ryan comes out being the fall goddess that she is. That's like one of my favorite needle drops in this because yeah, yeah. Or like they'll play my favorite one, Sign Sealed Delivered. Oh yeah, oh that's like, perfect. Uh, it really is perfect. Um, so I think playing with timelines music wise keeps this in like a very timeless classic kind of territory. Mm. Whereas if they were playing, like, Savage Garden, it might. <laughs> yeah. It might be too much like the website where it's like, oh, my God, that's 1998. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't show it to the aliens when they ask what a rom-com is. Who's <laughs> to say? Oh, man, that could have made all the difference. I know. Yeah, what else? Oh, do you think, is this movie a Christmas movie? Is this a fall movie? Okay, I know there's, like, a Christmas tree in there at some point with, mm -hmm. like, in the bookstore. It looks cute and stuff. But, like, I've never thought of this as a Christmas movie. I've never even noticed it was Christmas except for this time watching it. And I don't I – I mean, there's no – there's no wrong time to watch this. You can watch it at Christmas. But is it a Christmas movie? Mm. I don't think so. But fall, definitely. The fall fashion, the leaves falling. They talk about fall and, like, autumn in New York and stuff. So it's, like – I don't know. It's like cozy season, you know, got their turtlenecking. Like, so I would say like it's a fall film. Like we're doing this movie because it premiered in December. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's a fall movie as well. Yeah. And I think so Meg Ryan's character, Kathleen, goes through a lot of changes in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um. And like fall, 
it's kind of symbolic of change yeah and yeah I, i'm kind of just realizing i'm like Getting oh goosebumps. i see what you did there like yeah it's a fall into winter movie because it's all about the changes mm-hmm. in life and in this movie i think us talking about like the changing of the internet and how it's like now versus even in like the 90s this movie talks about change because kathleen owns a shop around the corner which is an independent small children's bookstore Mm -hmm. and it's getting overtaken by you know fox and sons books which is like the equivalent to barnes and nobles right so you know it's it's just that constant like conversation we yeah like change like how much change is good or like the times yeah the times i you know to be honest i don't I was a little upset when she, like, closes up the store. It was, like, I, I didn't remember it being, like, such an easy – I know it wasn't easy. I, they probably don't show us all that. But in my mind, I thought that she kept the store open, like, or something, or, like, fought a little more. Like, she did do that, like, speech or whatever. She did some publicity things. But it was, like, it wasn't enough to keep it open. And it was, like, kind of a bummer. I was, like, oh, dang. That is so real, though. Yeah. Like, it's kind of surprising. That's the thing about rom-coms in the 90s, mm-hmm. which, like, I feel like we always forget. But, like, a lot of times the endings are a lot more realistic. Yeah. Or not even realistic, but I think, you know, they don't get what they want. Like, in My Best Friend's Wedding, Jules doesn't get what she wants. She's yeah. actually the villain. And it's not really, like, covered up. It's just our minds cover it up because that's what our minds did. Mm-hmm. But, like, with You've Got Mail, too, she does close the shop up. Yeah. Pretty quick. And, and like, is it Jean Stapleton who does a speech where it's, like, maybe the brave thing to do is to close up the shop? Yeah, she said And start that. anew? Yeah. Well, it kind of is because she made a good point. She was, like, you're venturing into the unknown. And then she does kind of find, like, she does start writing, which she never had a chance to really do because she was always busy running mm-hmm. the shop. So it's like there's always something else next, I think, is what I take away from it. And, like, sometimes the changes you can't control, like, whatever life sometimes, you know, a giant bookstore. I, I don't know. I mean, you got to roll with it, right? And Yeah. I don't know. And be open to it. Yeah. You have to embrace it. It's just so wild, though. Like, that they get together, and that's, like, her nemesis. Like, it's you know what I mean? Like, it's such an interesting, complex thing. I think that, like, they're, you know, like, online they have this romance and stuff, but in real life they're, like, you know, just, like, kind of hate each other because, I mean, especially her. Like, honestly, she comes at him a lot more than he does her. Like, she disses him so many times. She's, like, there's so many things that she says to him that are a little uncalled for sometimes because she doesn't even know him. I, I didn't realize, like, watching this again, this time around, how harsh Meg Ryan is to Tom Hanks continuously. Continuously. Like, he's not even being mean. It's it's so interesting. He will just show up and she's like, oh, great. You're here? What are you here for? You just want to, like, rub it in my face? And she's like, you're not even a person. You're just a number or you're a – I don't know what she said, but – that speech when she like lets him have it at the end where she says you're not even a person. Yeah. She like cuts him down pretty harsh and he was like, I gotta you know what, I'm have a good night. He just like leaves. He's like really like Yeah. I'm like, 
Is she the villain? Yeah, I know, right? But but yeah, so if we're getting into the movie, for one, the AOL startup intro. Oh my god. That's that's iconic. The dial-up tones, the like internet like I don't know, swirly thing, like things just digital it's not the matrix i don't know what to call it but it's like such an interesting intro it's like there's the world floating over here and this is we're like an internet space if that you know what i mean we're in cyberspace we're in cyberspace thank you is that what that means to be in cyberspace holy crap that's what it means dang wow yeah that's the perfect visual representation of cyberspace i also i love too like how we get this like map um of the city like geo cities or something yeah and, like, the graphics are, like, kind of terrible, but then they get, like, slightly better and better as you zoom in, and then it, like, clicks. Like, I love how it transitions from we're in the digital age, like, we're in this computer world, and then there's, like, a little, like, little cursor, little thing, and it, like, clicks onto this building, and then it, the transition is just, like, transitions into, like, a real-life building. Like, I think it's, like, where Meg Ryan's, like, her apartment or something. Her apartment, which is... It's a little Carrie Bradshaw-esque. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. It's adorable. Mm-mm-mm. So love jelly. A, <laughs> love a New York apartment. And is it a brownstone? I think so. Or, yeah. My West Elm fantasies. <laughs> I know. But I love that. I also, it, right out of the gate when they show Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, um... In their AOL. Oh, yeah. Because they're talking, right? Doesn't they're already like mid conversation or something? Yes. And I want to pose this question right out of the gate <laughs> because yeah. the whole time I'm thinking, are they cheating on their partners? Right. I thought that too. I'm like, wait, hold up. Because, like, in my mind, I thought they were just single flirting on the internet because i haven't seen this movie in so long so like i was pretty shocked when i see like oh she has like a man and i'm like wait he also has a lady and i'm like in my notes i'm like wait is this his wife or is this you know what i mean like it's kind of confusing because they seem to be living together or something and no yeah no we see for meg ryan this is like her boyfriend that stays over sometimes but then for tom hanks it looks like parker posey's moved in she's taken over his life but he's like rolling his eyes a bit and just kind of like he's like he's just like typing (laughs) i don't know um greg kinnear is meg ryan's boyfriend who's like the most pretentious turtleneck wearer yeah no he gets on my nerves being a little pretentious also his typewriter's taking i love how like annoyed she gets when he brings like extra typewriters she's like don't you already have one of these don't you have one at your apartment like Get these typewriters out of my face. Like It's so funny to me. Like, in, in my notes, it's covered with, is Meg Ryan twee? Like, is this movie, like, Meg Ryan and her friends from the shop around the corner, uh-huh. which is the girl from Miss Congeniality. Yes, Miss Rhode Island. Yeah, and Steve Zahn and kind of Gene Stapleton. Yeah. Um, but they, like, they're so twee. Mm. They, like, want to keep the, like, independent bookstore that only sells, like, original copies, and they like to sing around the piano together. Yes. And they're, like... Singing weird songs, too. Singing such weird songs. They're dressing in jumpers. 
and the Miss Rhode Island girl is putting Christmas lights all over her body as fashion garb. Like, they're, like, so twee. It hurts. Yeah. No, totally. But I think it's hilarious. I'm like, Zoe de Chanel who? This is, like, the inventors of twee. Hmm. Maybe she looked back at that and got inspiration. I don't know. Give credit words to. <laughs> what else? But yeah, are they cheating on each other though? Okay, yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because at first I'm like, oh my God, I think they are. But I don't know. I mean, in a way, maybe a little bit of emotional cheating. But at the same time, it's interesting because like she, like Meg Ryan, like she asked her friend that works at the bookstore, Miss um, Rhode Island. She's like, is it cheating if you're like talking to someone online? Like, is it like, it was just such an interesting thing because it's like, you don't even know the person. They don't. She doesn't even know what he does. She doesn't even know his name. Like, there's a lot she doesn't know. They just kind of talk to each other. Like, I don't know. I guess they share their innermost thoughts, um, which is cool. It's very vague. It's very like Carrie Bradshaw. I couldn't help but wonder, but to another person. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, it doesn't seem like an actual convo. It's like, oh yeah, I saw a butterfly today. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like, hmm, would you really send this out to someone? Or would this is like a almost like a diary of thoughts to me, but I guess I don't know. It gives you an idea of the characters and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like if I found out like I I don't know. It's confusing because I'm like, are they friends? Because he said, doesn't he address her? He's like, hello, friend or something. But like, it's weird. I think it's emotionally cheating, which is worse than actually cheating. Yeah. Hot take. No, I think you're right. Yeah, because I'm like, well, because technically, I mean, I would say when they meet, that kind of crosses another line, which brings it more like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of more like physically, like, you know, I don't know. But I'm confused about her status with her man, like, because is she casually dating? Because, like, her friends are like, oh, yeah, what's happening? They're all, like, very supportive of this situation. They're like, ooh, this guy. Which is, you know, friends should be or whatever. But it's, like, because Greg Kinnear plays the the most smug dude. No one wants – well, Parker Posey should end up with him. Honestly, obviously. yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, like, he's not – Meg Ryan's character is new girl before new girl. So, yeah. Yeah, to be with this dude might seem cool on paper. I think that's the thing, too. Like, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are with these people that are boring, that they don't like, that don't, they don't, they don't like them. Yeah. But they're good on paper. Mm. And I think when they start having this, like, flirtationship online, it's they can share their innermost monologue and share that main character energy. Yeah. With someone that actually, like, wants to listen. And it just turns out to be there are rivals in yeah. business. I don't know. I think it's great. <laughs> I don't know. I love those movies where it's like, you know, it's like, how is this going to work? You know, how are they going to resolve this? Are they? I mean, I know because it's a rom-com, you probably would assume they will. But you know what I'm saying? Just like that, like, the, just the whole premise of it just... I know what you mean. Yeah. I love that. It's I exciting. Love, yeah, the will they, won't they. Yeah. And I love the complications that pose these characters, but it's not – like the stakes are 
are very high in a personal way. Yeah. It's not business as personal as Tom Hanks would say in this movie. But like, it's cute enough. Yeah. You just made me think of like, speaking of it's not business as personal, all the Godfather references like cracked me up so much. Like going to the mattresses, being like going to war. Like I want to totally use that phrase in real life more often. Like, I mean, I don't go to war a lot, but when I do, I'm going to go to the mattresses, you know? Are you going to be like Meg Ryan at the bookstore (laughs) with her arms and be like, who? Ah, who with their arms punching in the air definitely right on <laughs> yeah no i love the i love the scenes where or it's i guess like one scene where she's like why do all men love the godfather <laughs> yeah and then she ends up quoting the godfather and then the greg Kinnear is like oh the godfather yeah and she like it's kind of like it is kind of like the 1940s moment where she's like oh rats <laughs> it is i yeah. like it I love it too. I just love The Godfather and I love any like mo. I love how it's like culturally it had an impact. And I'm wondering like if it had an impact on Nora Ephron for her to put it in there like so much. You know what I mean? Either she or her ex-husband or whoever used to go to the mattress a lot. Mm, someone. You think yeah. someone she knew. She had like personal experience about going to the mattresses. Like there's someone she knew. Or no, I just or well, just The Godfather. I didn't mean that literally. I just meant like either she or someone, a man in her life really liked The Godfather. That's what oh, I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Not actually went to the mattresses. Okay. I mean, I'm sure she did, but. <laughs> yeah. What else? Oh, I totally thought of you when, um, and this is one of those things we just talked last week about love actually mm-hmm. and the opening monologue. Yeah. Where it's like, love is all around us. Think about 9-11, blah, blah, blah. This movie also has an iconic monologue. Mm. Um, And I want to know your thoughts because it centers around Starbucks. Oh, okay. So when I think of this movie, I think of the Starbucks quote. And I, I, I don't know. It's very interesting. So it's the whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision-making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee. Short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf, low-fat, non-fat, etc. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can for only $2.95 get not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely defining sense of self. Tall, decaf, cappuccino. Which... Very funny, those prices. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, that to myself, too. More like five ninety five, But accurate. I think it says a lot about people today, <laughs> even. I totally agree. When they said that, like, I put that in my, I put that whole quote. I tried to, like, type it real fast as I was watching. I may have even paused it just because I was like, wait a second. This is, like, a really good point. Honestly, because I I have worked, I, I have I don't know if I I don't know I don't know if I've signed something like I don't know if this is like that time you worked for that one place and you had to be like sign a non is it whatever like you can't say anything or they won't pay you I mean I know I'm already out of this place but I will say as a former Starbucks employee yeah I think that's true I guess I'm not saying anything bad about Starbucks but it's I I don't know I I think it's it taps in this quote taps into something. I don't know if this is going too deep, but I think this quote says a lot about 
a lot of people in general. Yeah. And I think Kathleen, Meg Ryan's character in this movie, she lets a lot of things define her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like the OG Manic Pixie dream girl. She's super twee. She, I don't know, dresses like she's in a J. Crew catalog. And she is someone that preaches until her, like, throat is dry about independent stores mm-hmm. and the little man. And she loves Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And. You know, just all these things that make her who she is. And then when she finds out she can't own a bookstore anymore Mm -hmm. because she's getting bought out, it's like who she is after that. Joe, who is he? Like, he's the big, like, corporate, like, businessman. But who is he really? Like, he's not really that dude. He's also the dude. He's New York 152 or whatever his screen name is. Yeah. Or um, even, like, Parker Posey, you know, she has a very distinct personality that's very, like, it's, like, a subculture almost of, like, Parker, I don't know, Parker Posey-isms, but, or, like, Greg Kinnear being, like, the super hipster, gross dude with the typewriter Mm -hmm. and the Coke bottle glasses, and he subscribes to this lifestyle. Right. I think that, maybe I'm reading too much into it. You could tell me. But this quote kind of is talking about how we subscribe to certain things and say, this is who we are. Yeah. Tell me who I am. I'm tall, decaf, cappuccino. And Mm. that's all. We don't need to, like, do any other soul searching or we're only defined by what we do for a living, Mm -hmm. who we are in certain social circles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think you're right. Like – and especially like in this movie, we do see it is kind of like, well, yeah, if you don't have this, then what do you have? Like if we're talking about like professionally, like careers and stuff, like without the bookstore, yeah, who is she? What what else has she done? Like, do you know, like, how do you define yourself? And they do focus on career a lot in this movie. Like the other guy, what I think is interesting, um, like like um kathleen's boo thing like he's really he's annoying but he's he's searching for this validation at the same time like if you notice anytime someone compliments his article which Mm -hmm. i get you know i'm sure it's a similar thing like i don't know like like i'm an artist or whatever so like if someone like complimented my painting i'd be excited you know so i think it's a similar thing if you're a writer oh someone loves your article you get stoked but it looks like he's, like, searching for this, like, you know, like, when he goes on that talk mm-hmm. show and there's that lady and he gets all this praise and he's, like, watching it back and getting, like, kind of obsessive. I don't know. It's just, like, I don't know. But, like, Mike Ryan won't give that to him. No. Which, good. She shouldn't, honestly. <laughs> it's, you know, you don't want it to go to his head because he's a little egotistical. Oh, for sure. So, but, but he also needs someone just as, like, egotistical, I think. I guess so. But I guess my point is just, like, the way it focuses on career and how it defines people, you know? Mm -hmm. Because if he was, like, not so worried about being a writer and being successful or whatever, and he was just maybe enjoying it more or, like, was a little more down to earth and not so judgy, maybe, you know, maybe he'd be a cooler character or we would know who he – you know what I mean? I feel like there's more underneath there, like – but I I know that's – 
no, he's just I, like a side character, but I know what you mean though. Like he's so f- focused on the surface. Yeah, just like poker or part poker. Parker Posey's <laughs> character is very vapid and on the surface. Yeah, in a, in the Parker Posey way, which I love. The caster is this because I think she is is this like, yeah. so well, like the the character. Um, like she's almost like a Parker Posey type, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but what was I saying? But yeah, they don't scratch the surface. You don't know a lot about them. I think that's probably intentional because this whole idea of like going online mm-hmm. and getting to show your real like self on the inside and not based on what you do for a living or right. whatever. It's a very optimistic view that now in 2022 is a little hard to wrap your head around. It's hard to separate too. I feel like we're so like enmeshed with like, you know, like, like online, like they say like, like, you know, just like on any social media platform, like Instagram, especially or whatever. It's like, you have to be a brand basically in a way, like, you know what I mean? Like your personal and professional kind of like mesh a lot. I feel now more than probably they would have in 98. I don't know. I mean, for sure. I, yeah, and I also think, like, as a story device, like, as a plot device, this idea of, like, showing who you really – I don't know. I, I, on, um, I don't know if I'm articulating that right, but anyways, I think it's cool. Like, let, like, like story-wise to be, like, th- this is what they're really feeling on the – Yeah. Like, kind of using it as a character almost. They're almost like living double lives, mm-hmm. you know? A little Hannah Montana situation. Yeah, like being one way with their partner or whatever, and then being a whole other person, which maybe is truer to themselves. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I really love Tom Hanks as a kind of a jerk. <laughs> I love him, like, in A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. I love him in this. I love when they're at the grocery store and Meg Ryan only has a credit card and can't pay for her groceries and Tom Hanks goes, zip zip, to the cashier. It's just, yeah. No, that part cracked me up. He was like, you can do it. Come on now. Just zip zip. I mean, in one way, it kind of helps her out, but it's also, like, embarrassing. And I don't know. I thought it was so interesting, like... To like, just if we're talking about him being like a jerk, he kind of plays mind games with her at a certain point. Like, you know, when like, well, first he stands her up or whatever, which is fine because he's like, well, not fine, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, oh, this isn't the person I thought. Like, he's finding out that the person he's been talking to is like the woman that's been like getting on his nerves. I like hates him. He kind of hates her. You know what I mean? Like, it's just become this rivalry. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And so I get it. But then, like, he kind of decides – he's like, I'm going to, like, use this against her. I'm going to, like, get her riled up, you know, and, like, rub it in her face a little that this man didn't show up. And then there's a certain point where he, like, decides to, like, play both parts Mm -hmm. and still, like – she's unaware that that's the – like, she has some suspicions, but it's not completely given away. So she doesn't know who her, like, mystery man is. But he knows, but, yeah, yeah. But he knows, so he like he's like, oh, he stood you up again. He keeps playing these games, like where he will intentionally be like, oh, we should definitely meet, you know, mm-hmm. and then not show up. And then he's like the 
kind of like the consolation guy, if that makes sense. But it's all him the whole time. He's like the mastermind. Like, it's kind of like a lot of work. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes. I love that, though. I love the whole cat and mouse It's a little crazy, though. (laughs) I'm, like, just sucked into this world. But, yes, it is very crazy. Like, just a little bit. I think it works, though, at the end, though, because it's, like, he does reveal it was him all along. But it's just, like, at a certain point, you're like, wait a second. You gotta let her know. Yeah. I'm like, I hope he lets her know soon. (laughs) It doesn't just keep doing this bit because it's going to get messy. True. I love how it gets just messy enough. It's cute. Like, this movie's so charming and so, I don't know, it doesn't get bogged down by it. Yeah. I guess it helps with building anticipation, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Charmed. Just so charmed by it. Yeah. But what do you think about Meg Ryan? Just in general. Just in general? I don't know. She's cool. I love her. I have nothing against her. I... That means you hate her. No. This is the brief. No, I don't hate her. I just, like, don't think about her a lot. Like, she, in my mind, she only exists in this movie and, like, Sleepless in Seattle. Like, basically just, like, when Harry met Sally. Like, I don't really think of her in That's any other context. That's a movie, by the way. Yeah. No, for real. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's, like, it's hard to think about her in any other context because I don't know if I've... I'm sure I've seen her in other movies and stuff, but in my mind, she's just solidified as, like... Like, that rom-com kind of in the 90s, like, same gal. Like, it's hard to take her out of that context. And same. You know what I mean? Like, if I, I haven't kept up with her career. I don't know what she's, like, doing nowadays. I love her. Like, I don't have anything against her. I just, like, I don't feel like I know her, if that makes sense. You know? Because I feel yeah. like I only see her as, like, this bookshop owner kind of character. Or, like... Or, like, the when, when Harry Met Sally kind of... Um, I don't know that kind of character. Yeah, where she's like the pie, gotta have a the ice cream on the side, and all these yeah. things. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, to be honest, uh, out of like the '90s rom com girlies, mm-hmm. Meg Ryan is not my girl mm-hmm. personally, but I love her shag haircut. Yes, that's the thing for me. Like her haircut is. It's iconic. It, it It is. That haircut was the thing. Like that, I don't know. That just means, like, seeing that haircut means you're, like, cool and edgy. And in the 90s, you kind of have your shit together, though. And you might be 30. But you're cool. But you're cool. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, she wasn't my girl. But. <laughs> yeah. Same. But, but she was a, like, I don't know. I mean, I think she was, I think. It's hard to picture anyone else in this, like with, like Tom Hanks. Like I miss a like a Meg Ryan, and I think we, as you know, the public did her dirty. Yeah, but but why? I don't know. And I know, like, I know she cheated. Speaking of Dennis Quaid, on Dennis Quaid with Russell Crowe, I believe, in oh. the two thousands, and people didn't like that. People didn't like that she got plastic surgery. Mm. Um. Shattered the illusion of this person we thought like America's sweetheart, but it really didn't. I don't know. I mean, so many people get plastic surgery. What's the big deal, right? It is so crazy how we maybe it's just like the time, like the early 2000s versus like the 2010s. Like, we will forgive a Sandy B 
or Jennifer Aniston or Courtney Cox were going overboard with some plastic surgery, we will like look against it. Like people will be like, nah, Jennifer Aniston has no work done. It's just a vino and smart water, you uh-huh. know? But like we were so harsh on Meg Ryan. Yeah. That's, it's it's not up. right. Yeah. It's not right, but it's okay. What else? I feel like we've talked about a lot. I mean, not in order, of course. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) if you were expecting an order, (laughs) sorry. Um, Anything fashion-wise? I feel like this movie, my favorite look on Meg Ryan is that black mock neck. And the brick red lip. Yes. Um, oh, is the mock neck, is that the one with like the jumper situation? Or? I love the jumper, but no, it's that when she's, I believe, at the dinner party. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I love that look too. I think I like the jumper a lot though. I feel like that's my favorite. Which she didn't even want to wear. Right. Which I don't know why. She looks good in that outfit. It look it fits her well. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like it the style it makes sense for her character and it looks good. I think it looks good and it looks nineties. I don't know. I agree. I also love her striped pajamas that look like straight out of a J. Crew catalog. Yeah. Those are cool. Those are timeless. They are. And they're a little masculine. Like her style's a little masculine and feminine and I love that. I love when it's a little bit of a mix, especially in the 90s. Like, you know, like, like, remember Julia Roberts and like the men's suits? Ooh. Like, I'm, I don't know. Just something about it is just, it's cool. You know, though, when we talked about this last episode, but Meg Ryan <laughs> looks like she is in that, a gap ad mm. from that time. Like that norm core. She does. It's a little, it's a little like that. Yeah, which I'm not hating. Yeah, go for it. Dude. You know, wear that collared shirt under that sweater. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, You know what I think we should bring back, truly? And I noticed this on Parker Posey as well. What? The red, like the brick red lip. Mm. But like not trying too hard with the eye makeup. Just like casually wearing a red lip in the day. I like that. Sometimes I feel like I want to, but but I like don't know. a brick red. Like I feel like that's a little more natural or something it's a little neutral. Darker, little yeah, not like a bright like yeah yeah yeah. Why I'm not to it? Let's do it. Let's bring it back. Did you have anything else? Um, oh, I thought it was funny. Like when they're trying to figure out who this guy is, why he stood her up, like. They're like, oh, he's probably the killer or whatever, like in the paper. And then they were talking about her boyfriend, Frank. His name is Frank. Excuse me. Um, But they were like, remember when you thought Frank was the Unabomber? So it's just kind of funny. I don't know. These little moments, like the dialogue is just so funny in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I overheard it's like an extra or someone in the background in one of the scenes just straight up goes, what if we bomb Fox books? <laughs> Dang. Why? Was that like the protest or something? It, I I think so. It was somewhere around there. But yeah, I just was like rolling. I was like, what? 
Wow. Go for it. Go for it, Nora. Dang. (laughs) I love... You know, I love when she's like, I can never be with a guy who likes boats. And then she's like, I can never be with a girl that likes Joni Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And I think it really says something about, like, love that when you actually, like, want to be with someone, like, all those, like, you know, you make so many concessions. Like, Like, everything goes out the window. Yeah, like, the little things don't matter so much. Meanwhile, when she was in the theater with Frank, he was like, I could never be with someone who didn't have a political opinion or something and she was like and she was like trying to get him riled up she's like well i didn't vote (laughs) she was like trying i think she was trying to get him to break up with her or something because it was like also their breakup was like the easiest smoothest breakup you know what i mean they're both like you know what yeah i think we should just you know maybe see other people yeah that's fine i was like oh that's i'm glad that worked out like i don't know i thought that was interesting like you know what I mean? Like, this movie makes it seem easy to emotionally cheat on someone and for things to resolve. I think you get it to a point. I think it's a little accurate in a way. I don't know. I, I don't know, though. It's yeah. very, like, in my notes, I wrote, this movie would slap so hard if I was 35. <laughs> like, I do think that I'm not... You know, I don't think, like, we're at the age, and correct me if I'm wrong, where we're able to have, like, mutual breakups Uh or, you know, care so much about the way things are and the keeping things the same and consumerism. Like, I feel like we care about those things and stuff, but, like, but, you know, it's not like we're listening to Joni Mitchell or we're stocks. Maybe that's just the type of people that are person that I am. Mm-hmm. But also I feel like I'm not there yet. Like this is a very mature <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. A mature film. You're right. I Yeah. That's a good point. Where it's like hard for, for me when you're like, yeah, the most smooth breakup. I'm like, yeah. Can't relate. Like, I can relate, but I can't relate in the way that they do. This is like an adult relationship. Yeah, they're just like, all right, moving on. Like, you know, they're laughing. They're having a good time. Still, You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, no hard feelings. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, you know, you, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Because you have that, like, how is this going to resolve? Like, what, is there going to be a big fight? And then it's not. And you're like, oh. But maybe that is being an adult. I don't know. Damn, like these people are such grown-ups. I love it. Yeah. No, it's refreshing. Like nowadays we don't see media a lot. Like everything's so niche or like created for us or our age group or are like even younger than us. Mm-hmm. And it's like so interesting to see like this isn't like, you know, book club. This isn't like Grace and Frankie where these are like old people older than us. But, like, still as aspirational and, like, not 85. Yeah. True. Yeah. Aspirational and inspirational. I don't know. I mean, if um, if Kathleen can close down the bookstore and then, you know, continue on, so, so can we. Right? I don't know. <laughs> Our metaphorical bookstore. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what I'm saying. Just, like. It's a journey. This movie takes us on a journey, and it all ends up okay. I mean, there's a lot of conflict, but 
It's interesting. I guess it's like, I guess it also is like we all have choices. You know what I mean? And I thought it was interesting, like, you know, how two people, they have all this like hate for each other, but they really don't. They also have a lot of love for each other. And then he's like, you know, I wonder if I wasn't this guy, like if I wasn't Fox Books and you didn't have the little shop around the corner, if we could have just, I could have just asked you out, basically got your number, if it would have been just so easy, you know, instead of all the Michigas. So like, huh, the life throws things at you, right? Is that, I don't know. Sometimes life comes at you pretty fast. Yeah, and if you're not, um, whatever what Ferris Bueller says, Bueller. Um, what does he say? If you don't fall asleep, or you might miss it, or something. If you don't, something, something, you might miss it. Yeah, nailed it. I don't know. This movie was cute. I liked how it wrapped up at the end, and just she was like, "I was hoping it was you." And they meet at the garden. I don't know. And he has a dog. I totally forgot that he has a dog this whole time named Brinkley. Yeah. Which is an odd name for a dog, but I'll take it. Yeah. I love when T. Hanks is like, don't cry, shop girl, and wipes away her tear. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, that was epic. <laughs> it's epic with the, the squiggle, <laughs> the asterisk. Exactly. Ballin'. Yeah. But. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, rate and review us. You know, follow us at the Late to the Party Pod. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.